Welcome back to Modern Torah. Every week, I look at our Torah portion, and I try to put it in conversation with the world around me. There's something relevant in our tradition for every moment and every day. And every one of us should feel empowered to find our own meaning in the text. Just remember, there's nothing new under the sun. Now let's learn together. Scapegoat is a term that gets thrown around a lot, and it comes from the first of this week's Torah portions, Achremot. The word scapegoat comes from our Hebrew text, and it's translated in part from a word that appears only four times in the Hebrew Bible, and all in this portion. The word I'm talking about is Azazel. Hebrew is written without vowels. When two words fit a given Hebrew verse, contexts from other points of usage in the Torah are often used in translating the text. In our case, because this word appears four times in this portion, but nowhere else in the Torah, there's limited context available to help us with the translation. Let's set up the scene first. Achremot opens with God speaking to Moses, after the death of Aaron's two sons. Aaron is instructed to come before the community on what would become Yom Kippur, freshly bathed and dressed in linen to offer a sacrifice on behalf of the community, two male goats. Aaron takes the two male goats and casts lots on them. The Torah says, one at random is marked for the Lord and the other is marked for Azazel. The goat marked for Azazel is the scapegoat. Aaron ritually transfers the sins of the Israelite community to this goat before setting it loose in the wilderness, presumably to die. The Torah says, thus the goat shall carry on it all their inequities to an inaccessible region, and the goat shall be set free in the wilderness. Rashi, the 11th century French commentator, interpreting the rabbis of the Talmud, writes that Azazel should be taken as a compound word, from Oz, to be strong, and El, mighty. And this seems to make sense with what follows in the Talmud. The rabbis of the Talmud describe a ritual where the scapegoat was led to the wilderness and then pushed from behind off a mountain cliff. The sages taught the word Azazel indicates that the cliff the goat is pushed from should be rough and hard. The problem is with how the word Azazel is spelled. Ibn Ezra, the 13th century Spanish commentator, points out that the word Azazel cannot contain the suffix el because the aleph appears between two zines rather than after the second sign. Rashi's interpretation flips the two letters from how they appear in the text. The second interpretation I have for you requires a deep dive into the world of angels from Judaism's mystical traditions. The rabbis of the Talmud spend a lot of time discussing the scapegoat, and the Talmud gives voice to alternative ideas that have echoed through the generations. The most prominent theory in this case is that Azazel is not a word, but a name, a pseudonym for Samael, an angel in Talmudic lore, also known as Hasatan, or Satan. We see very few angels in the Torah. The most obvious of these is the angel of death, carrying out the tenth plague in Egypt. But angels also interact with biblical characters throughout Genesis and the rest of the Bible. The book of Daniel, the last book included in the Hebrew Bible, is the first to mention an angel by name, Gabriel. The rabbis later read Gabriel's presence into many of the Torah stories involving angels and add more angels to the list over time. 
I feel it's important to note that historically, many of the texts which discuss Samael originated or were begun in some form during a period when the Jews were being heavily influenced by more dominant regional theologies, namely the Greek and later Roman pantheons. The Jewish texts and beliefs developed in these times reflect this engagement. Christianity was also developing during the latter part of this historical period, and early Christians took the idea of angels and ran with it, creating myths and legends that set the foundation for modern Christian theology. Satan is one of these ideas, and despite the similarities in backstory between Samael and the Christian Satan, in practice they are wildly different. Samael in Talmudic lore and Jewish mystical traditions is a necessary balance to God's power, dispensing justice and punishment to balance God's goodness and rewards. Perkei de Rabbi Eliezer is a Jewish work of disputed origin that isn't included in our canon of sacred text, and its author describes the role Samael plays on Yom Kippur as a deal struck between God and Samael. The text says, Samael said before the Holy One, Blessed be he, sovereign of all the universe. You have given me power over all the nations of the world, but over Israel you have not given me power. God answered Samael, saying, Behold, you have power over them on the day of atonement, if they have any sin, but if not, you have no power over them. Therefore they gave him a present on the day of atonement, as it is said, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for Azazel. Chiz Kuni, the 13th century Spanish commentator, known by the title of his main work, expands on this idea, saying, We are commanded to assuage the feelings of Satan on that day so that he will not attempt to interfere with the effectiveness of our repentance. The scapegoat, which by lots fell to Azazel, is the bribe the Israelite people offer Samael on Yom Kippur so that they might freely repent. God made a deal with Samael, giving him power to judge the Israelite people on Yom Kippur for their sins. I don't really have a point here. I just think all of this is really interesting, how an ambiguous word in our text can spawn such wildly different interpretations and applications. Yom Kippur feels like a long way off, but it will be here before we know it. And while in our modern celebration, there's no transference of sins onto a goat that we set free in the wilderness, Yom Kippur is still a weird day. Hopefully, this year, we'll be able to gather together and share the weirdness with each other. Maybe someone should bribe Samael to look the other way and help make that happen. Shabbat Shalom. Modern Tour is a production of Not A Rabbi Media. We publish new episodes every week on Friday mornings. For more information about this or any of our other podcasts, go to notarabbi.media.